Welcome to the American Society of Regional Anesthesia, Regional Anesthesia and Pain Podcast as a wrap. I'm your host today, Raj Gupta, and I'm coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. And I have a fantastic uh, program for you today. We're going to be talking about our upcoming fall meeting in Orlando, Florida. And I have the chair of the meeting with me today to talk about that. So that's a great lead in to our guest, Amy Pearson. Hey, Amy, how are you? Hi, everyone. Very good. How are you? Now, let me do my formal introduction for Amy here. So Amy is a board-certified anesthesiologist and interventional pain physician at Aurora Advocate Health in Milwaukee, Minnesota. She completed her anesthesiology residency and pain fellowship at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. She's published over 30 articles on topics such as interventional cancer pain management, peripheral nerve and spinal cord stimulation, interventional pelvic pain management, and integrative medicine. She's presented her research nationally and internationally and is really excited to be chairing this fall meeting uh, in Orlando, Florida. Amy, thanks so much for joining me. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this meeting. Me too. Now, Amy, I want to dig into the meeting a little bit. Now, most people don't know this. For those of us who've had the privilege of chairing one of these meetings, this is a multi-year process. You've been thinking about this meeting, working on this meeting, eating, sleeping this meeting for many years now. This is not just like a six-month planning uh, effort. This is something that was your brainchild maybe two and a half, three years ago. Yes, you're right. And it may have even predated the pandemic. So um, it was interesting to have a vision in my mind of a live meeting and then have that vision go to a meeting that was maybe going to be all virtual or non-existent yeah. back to a full in-person meeting. So um, props to all of the chairs before me that I got to learn from. Yeah. So let's talk about that before we get any further, because people may have questions about that. Um, and, you know, as far as we know, Things are open in Florida. Um, things are open for people coming from outside the country to come to the United States unless their country has specific exceptions. Um, we highly encourage people, if they can be vaccinated, to be vaccinated. Um, and then obviously, if you're sick, don't come uh, and get everybody else sick. But this is going to be a, a live in-person meeting. And, um, you know, with the full benefits of having those interactions with your colleagues and all the experts in the field. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about that part. And um, I do think that, um, you know, the the whole uh, uh, focus of the meeting and the theme is making connections. So um, that was already part of my brainchild before I even um, uh, before the pandemic even happened. And um, it became even more of uh, it felt even more right um, to choose that. Um, once the pandemic hit, and now that now that we're kind of getting back into a rhythm, um, now is the time really to start making renewing um, old connections and making new connections um, because we we were without for two years. So um, in a way, like pain medicine, it, you know, has been advancing as a specialty, and um, there there have been gaps, and now it's time to. Um, make those connections again. And um, I have to say, like, it may feel, it may feel awkward. And um, it may take some challenging of ourselves to really put ourselves out there in a new meeting and, um, you know, meeting other people like, like we were used to. And um, I really hope that we've made some programming that makes it easier for all of us to 
be in places where we can interact with each other, where it feels natural, even though we're all wearing masks, even though we all um, have, you know, our own um, th thoughts and feelings about, you know, how things have gone in the last two years. So, yeah. I think that what we've realized is that uh, although, you know, I'm a big proponent of these online interactions and uh, they're, they're a great stopgap in between the times that we have a chance to interact with each other in person, but I don't think there's any real substitute for that personal, um, what I call the hallway communications, the opportunities, the, the impromptu serendipitous opportunities that come up with just interacting with people in the hallway. Um, so, you know, being at the meeting is where you get those kinds of opportunities. Zoom calls and, and, and these webinars are fantastic for information exchange, but you miss that component of it, that, that special part that builds those relationships down the road. So, um, you know, we were talking about making connections, and, and I think that we're going to return to that theme multiple times in this conversation. And I know you've been very conscientious about the program and how it's presented one of the things that was um, really stuck out to me is these uh, medicine tracks, these pain medicine tracks. These are uh, an opportunity to kind of, you know, connect one concept across multiple lectures and workshops and sessions so that you're, you're, if you're focused in that area, then um, those things go together uh, appropriately. Talk to, me, talk to me a little bit about these medicine, pain medicine tracks and how that fits. Yes, this is something I'm very excited about. So um, I'll give you an example. So the first day on Thursday, um, our tracks are head and neck and peripheral nerve and joint. We tried to use tracks that were a little bit um, somewhat different from each other so that we could have folks kind of follow through the same track and hopefully not miss too many sessions that they were really interested in. So this is how it might go for somebody. Let's say you... Um, you really want to start a headache practice, but have no idea how to start doing that. Um, well, we've added refresher courses and workshops um, and PBLDs that all have some kind of connection to head and neck on Thursday. So you could go from a plenary session to a workshop to a um, refresher course all about head and neck um, for the entire day. And the advantage to that is that um, you really get some good interactions with um, some of our top faculty. Um, I'm always amazed <laughs> by the, the, the just knowledge base of the people uh, that we have uh, as faculty. So you could follow through, um, do nothing but head and neck um, and really get to know the faculty, really get to know the colleagues that are with you in these sessions too. And um, it's very likely that you will find that if you are an academic physician, you'll find someone in private practice who is also going along that track, who um, can give you pointers and um, help you understand maybe something about how, um, how you run a successful practice financially. Um, and maybe you can give them pointers on um, how to get a hold of the latest research or be a part of the um, uh, a research design. Yeah, we've had these conversations a lot in that private practice academic partnerships. Mm -hmm. um, you and I have had those conversations many times ourselves, is that um, often these meetings are centered around academic interested uh, topics, but really the private practitioners are looking for good information um, to learn from, but also have a lot to offer back yes. to the conversation. And we think that the only information that's useful is coming from these big academic centers, but 
uh, oftentimes the private practitioners have been doing these things, maybe mm-hmm. not writing them up, not publishing them, but have been doing them in practice years ahead of what happens in the academic centers. And so they have a lot of practical insight and, and input on uh, what works and what doesn't work and then how to make it uh, fiscally sound at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, many times the private practice folks have much more volume than the academic centers. um, And they very quickly find pain points, (laughs) quite literally, um, in where, um, where we may struggle as um, as a, a group may be growing a certain type of a practice. Um, and that brings me to one of the other innovations for this uh, meeting is that, um, and shout out to Kevin Vorenkamp for um, letting me do this, <laughs> is that um, we used to have a practice management track on Saturdays, um, kind of like the tracks that we have here, but it was nothing but practice management. And yeah. I feel so strongly that um, that practice management needs to be integrated into everything that we do. We need to understand the regulations that surround um, everything we um, we try to do as pain physicians, all the um, social and economic burdens that are a part of what we're doing, uh, especially in chronic pain. So um, now in each of these tracks embedded in those is um, smaller uh, sessions on practice management. Um, so for example, um, our first head and neck refresher course, we have um, we go from basic science research with Tina Doshi talking about biomarkers, um, whether a lab test can diagnose types of uh, facial pain um, to neuromodulation for headache syndrome, syndromes um, and several more. And finally, um, practice management for high volume niche clinics. Um, so I think there's something for everyone um, built within each refresher course um, that you can go from, I'm learning all the uh all the science I need to learn, all the implementation I need to learn as well. One of the things we saw at the last um, fall meeting was that the practice management courses, um, those sessions were packed. Uh, I mean, people spilling out the doors um, Mm -hmm. with so much interest in that. And I think that you were wise to incorporate it throughout the meeting because um, the interest level is high, particularly in chronic pain physicians. I'm a, I'm an acute pain physician, regional anesthetic, um, focus. And honestly, you know, practice management is not as big a part of my um, day-to-day concerns. I, you know, usually I'm twice or three times removed from um, those concerns, particularly in academics. But what we saw in the fall meeting with chronic pain physicians, both academic and private practices, that is a big part of the thought process that goes into how do you run a clinic? How do you take care of these patients? And there's tremendous interest. One thing I want to uh, point out is that on the program, and it won't look exactly like this when you get it at the meeting itself, but you can see this online, is these little uh, logos on the right, these little icons on the right-hand side. These are actually representing the special interest groups in ASRA pain medicine, and they are sort of sponsoring or focused or present the focus of that talk within uh, that special interest group. So you may have a speaker from that special interest group or the topics were brought up from that special interest group or relate to those people. And so um, if you're looking for how to navigate the schedule or hop through these tracks, another way to do it is to follow these icons based on what your interests are. So HA stands for headache, NPPA stands for our nurse practitioner and physician assistant, um, special interest group, private practice, or for practice management type uh, topics that may be related there. 
And then uh, this goes on and on, and you'll see throughout the program that a lot of these are um, uh, relevant in different places. So it's another way to find these topics. But I, I really commend you for incorporating the practice management. I think all of us need to be wise about that. For sure. And I just want to shout out to all of the SIGs. Um, it's no um, no error that these uh, tracks all kind of follow along our um, our SIGs, like peripheral nerve and joint that includes regenerative medicine, it improves, in, <laughs> includes peripheral nerve stimulation, a lot of ultrasound too. So um, they have been really fantastic in offering ideas for faculty and ideas for um, content too. And they always represent, I always say our SIG folks, um, at the meeting and um, really engaging too. So say hi to them when you're there. You mentioned um, uh, practice management in the sense of uh, health inequities. You kind of hinted at that and that's one of your um, interests as well in the program. Um, where do you think that's, um, how does that apply to pain management in your opinion and where does that fit into your program? Um, yes, well, honestly, I tried to um, phrase it as, um, as untapped opportunities, because I think sometimes um, we get a lot of pressure to think of, you know, diversity as a chore or a burden. Um, sometimes people tend to think of having to deal with socioeconomic factors as um, something difficult. Um, but really, I think there are opportunities for us. And there are so many folks, um, my area of research is in, um, you know, databases looking at rural access to care. Um, but the same thing happens in um, urban and underserved areas, where, um, you know, do you like doing stimulators? Well, you can do a whole lot if you can figure out how to get your skills to these folks. Um, and, and their lives are going to be better. I mean, what is more rewarding than that? Um, and I really wish that we um, we could kind of see the opportunity in um, encouraging diversity as well. Um, not to mention, um, I, we have uh, Dr. Doshi talking about uh, diversity in the workforce as well. And um, if we don't think about that now, if we don't preemptively hire and work to attract folks from all different backgrounds, um, we're going to be behind the eight ball and um, for a thriving practice uh, we really need to be ahead of the times by several years. Yeah. That's an interesting point of view is that, you know, we, you're right. that I think that oftentimes um, topics of DEI are resisted by people because of um, it's perceived as a burden, but actually the point of view that, you know, from a purely selfish point of view, uh, it's an opportunity of both a patient base a practice base and a um, and obviously at the same time you're delivering care to a, a population that is underserved in a lot of ways um, and and we we often don't think about it that way I don't think that's brought up in conversation very often yes um, absolutely and I finally found the the parallel session that um, that covers that too um, and it's specifically for neuromodulation too because there's so much research on opioids and um, other types of access to care and a lot of the um, diversity uh, work is done outside of interventional pain. So um, I think I am hoping that this kind of helps bring to the forefront what we can offer as interventional pain physicians and that um, the work, the, the work of this is also on us. Um, so we have uh, Tina Doshi talking about um, 
attracting underrepresented physicians. Um, I'll, I'll be talking about um, patient access to board certified interventional pain physicians, which is much harder than we all think. Yeah. Uh, we have um, more on uh, social and economic ba- barriers um, and racism in medicine. No, that's a that's a great session, and uh, and I think a lot broader thinking than what we normally do on this topic of underserved populations, um, and and particularly when you focus on rural populations too. I think you know the opioid crisis has clearly hit rural populations as much as, if not more, than urban populations, and their need for good options for pain management that aren't just giving more opioids. Um, is uh, essential and, and and leads to a lot of harm that's happened in these communities um, beyond just pain control. Um, so, uh, you know, delivering access to those environments is is critical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in other places, too, we talk about um, ways of delivering care, too, like telemedicine. And, um, you know, part of the Making Connections theme is that um, we have a global theme. We have uh, several faculty from all over the world. We have Ji Yoon Moon um, coming from Korea to tell us about the Korean experience. Um, and I think so much of that we can um, we can learn from to really uh, bring uh different ideas um, and innovations towards getting care out to people who live, you know, on a mountain in Colorado um, or people who live in a really underserved area of Chicago. One of the topics that always comes up in pain management is cannabis. And, you know, Mm -hmm. ASRA uh, Pain Medicine is about to publish in Regional Anesthesia Pain Medicine, a new cannabis, um, I don't know if it's a guideline, but uh, practice advisory about how to handle patients coming in for other procedures who are on uh, cannabinoids chronically, um, and then what's the management strategy with that? Um, obviously, this is a part of your topic as well. What I want to kind of ask you about is um, one of the news items that has come out through the pandemic is the opioid epidemic hasn't gone away. In fact, probably has gotten worse. Um, and in parallel to that, the conversations about expanding cannabinoid use for pain management has come up as sort of a parallel conversation. Um, where do you see the intersection of that, and how do you think that's going to be approached at this meeting? Yeah, that's a um, that's a great question, and I love that you brought up the parallel session already. Um, because um, honestly, I don't know what I think about this because um, it is so fraught. Um, there's so many factors that go into it, more so than just a medication like gabapentin or Tylenol. Um, Part of it is that it's a uh, cannabis is still a Schedule One medication, and what does that mean for research? Um, How do we do true placebo-controlled trials? How do we compare it to other medications that we have? Um, There's so much state law that goes into it where that's not a factor anywhere else. Um, So speaking of special faculty, one of ours is uh, Kate Nicholson. Um, She is on Twitter, and you all should follow her. You should watch her TED Talk. Um, she is a lawyer who um, works with chronic pain advocacy as it relates to um, opioids, medication, disability rights. Um, and she's also a pain patient herself um, and really has some thoughtful and interesting um, things to add to the conversation that um, um, from a voice we don't always hear from. Fantastic. So we've got our third guest here. Um, he was having some technical issues. Um, Alexios, how are you? And I'm going to try to say your last name, Karyanopoulos. I practiced earlier. Did I get it pretty close? Karyanopoulos. 
Very Welcome. Good. Thank you. Nice to meet you. And I don't think we've actually met in person, but it's very nice to meet you. Um, I'm going to do your brief bio intro, if you don't mind, um, just so people know who you are. Um, uh, Dr. Karianopoulos is the chief of the Departments of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Rhode Island Hospital and Newport Hospital, and is the chief of the Division of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation of Lifespan Physician Group. He's also a physician at the Norman Price Spine Institute and is a clinical associate professor of neurosurgery at the Warren Alpert Medical School of Brown University. And I'm sure there's much more that I could tell people about you, um, but that's just a brief snapshot. Welcome, Alexios. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm sorry about the delay and uh, the technical difficulties, but I'm here and I'm happy to be here. Oh, no, I'm so glad you made it. I know that the, these online things can sometimes be fraught with technical issues. So, uh, Alexios, uh, I'll bring you into this conversation. So, for those of you who don't know, you're chairing next year's meeting, correct? That's correct. Yeah, so you're going to be learning from Amy's experience during this meeting and figuring out how to fine-tune and, and top her in her experience and, and make one meeting better than hers, I'm sure. Well, I, you know, I, I think we're, we're working together as a team, uh, Amy, myself, and uh, Christy Hunt, who's the, the 2024 chair. And I think we're, we've made a really nice uh, team in terms of looking forward with ASRA and, and trying to um, add in elements that would really enrich the community, enrich our membership, um, and advance the specialty. Yeah, and one thing I want to mention is you're PM&R trained, right? And that's so, right. Um, you know, I think you're going to be the first chair that's PM&R uh, physician as a chair of this meeting. And that was uh, a conscientious choice as we've explored the expanding roles uh, involved in pain medicine. And so, um, I, you know, I want to make sure that people understand that um, the society is looking towards these uh, larger groups of people because every one of them has a component of the conversation about how pain medicine is delivered. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. And Ezra has never, has not been, uh, has never been more welcoming than they are now. Um, I've, I started, I joined the society out of fellowship. Uh, David Provenzano and I uh, actually were in fellowship together, overlapped. And, and he was the one that encouraged me, uh, wanting me to bring in my expertise and, and understanding how it complemented uh, what the traditional anesthesia folk do. And, and as you all know, we're, you know, we're a much broader specialty than we were 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, with neurologists, psychiatrists, radiologists, physiatrists, and of course anesthesia, and among others, um, and I think we really learn from each other. And it's really important not not only that we share our our, our clinical um, skill set, but also our physical examination skills and our um, life experiences in different settings uh, throughout the uh, the academic and the uh, the private practice world. Yeah. So um, speaking to the fact of um, the different people involved in pain management these days. Um, one thing that has been present um, at these fall meetings is the presence of nurse practitioners and PAs um, and their contribution to pain management. Um, uh, Amy, I'll start with you. You want to talk a little bit about how that fits into the program? Yes, um, we have a whole session, um, a whole track really on Saturday for the um, PA and NP uh, program. And um, the great thing, especially about um, the ASRA PA and NP programs is that um, it is uh, pretty much self-designed by the PA and NP group. Um, I received a really um, well thought out and um, detailed uh, list of requests from them and um, ideas that they had, their, um, uh, all of their uh, faculty and um, 
And I think uh, that makes it really tailored towards what our um, APPs really want to learn and uh, be involved with. And um, it's nice that it's on a Saturday too. So if somebody wants to just fly down, um, learn on a Saturday and uh, head on back, you get 6.25 credits for the uh, morning. And if they want to stay for the whole thing, absolutely. you know, like their sessions don't conflict with many of the other sessions at the meeting. And so I know one of the things that um, I've spoken to some of um, the members of that special interest group was they felt like they were so separated at times they couldn't participate in some of the excellent talks that were given on the first and second day. And so you guys have created an opportunity where they can do both, right? They can have a focused um, program that meets their needs in their specific roles, but also they get to participate in the science that's being presented um, for the you know, pain specialty as a whole. Yes, um, absolutely. And um, I keep thinking back to like the tracks and, you know, peripheral nerve and joint, for example, you know, if someone's trying to grow their um, regenerative medicine practice, you need a whole team to do that. So, you know, why not go down, you know, like a physician, nurse practitioner, or PA pair, go on down um, and learn and like everybody takes in different information. So that's, I feel like that's really complimentary too when a practice is really wishing to um, grow a certain part of their, um, their niche, either, you know, head and neck interventions, um, you know, regenerative medicine, doing some more, um, you know, spinal cord stimulation for, you know, more unique uh, reasons. Um, All of that can, um, can be covered here. Alexius, I want you to talk a little bit about the workshops. I know um, that's a the, the hands-on experience is a big reason why people come to the meetings. You can't get that on a Zoom call. You can't get that on a webinar. Um, talk to me a little bit about um, anything that you think will jump out to people about the workshops and stuff they should pay attention to. And then, Amy, I'll let you chime in on that as well. So uh, that's a great question. I think the most important thing is that Azra has really taken – um, the, the feedback of, of attendees of prior meetings um, seriously. And we've reflected upon um, what they like, what they don't like, how we can improve. And we really value the opinions of our, of our membership. Um, essentially, what we're doing, trying to do is, is tailor the workshops to the hands-on opportunities that you really need for the practical um, everyday practice of, uh, of pain medicine. So uh, it's, ter- it's terrific to be in an environment um, where you're uh, hearing lectures and, and networking, listening to people. Um, but for the everyday pain clinician or even somebody who's, who's um, you know, ha- has their, their hands in, in, in academia and administration and clinical medicine, um, having that hands-on is invaluable. Um, and being alongside your peers uh, and hearing from experts who are mentoring you or guiding or just sharing their opinion, I think, is, is key. Um, we really try to make the workshops very comprehensive. Um, it, it, it spans from everything, uh, in, including sort of the classic bread and butter type procedures, all the way through advanced procedures. We recognize the fact that people are in different levels of their um, experience and training, and we try to be very sensitive to that. Um, and we value uh, the interaction that occurs during these workshops uh, in either the didactic portion of the workshop or the, uh, the, the clinical hands-on. Um, and we're really trying hard to collaborate with our um, industry partners. And I think um, it's it's really uh, important to acknowledge uh, the support that we get uh, in terms of unrestricted grants and, and things like that, where we're offering the opportunity to learn about technology in an unbiased way. Um, and we're presenting these opportunities 
without focusing on a specific technology or specific company. Amy, you want to add anything to that? I would just like to put in a plug for Dr. Karyanopoulos' meeting, too, because um, he really took the workshops to the next level, and um, he also really focused in on making it a much uh, much more valuable meeting, um, not just for the APPs, but also for the residents and fellows, too. So, um, so like, he's definitely, like, building upon um, what I have. And um, even though on Saturday we will have, of course, a resident fellow workshops, um, I'm really excited for next year, too. Yeah, that's just a teaser. Teaser, pay attention to next year's program as it comes out. Um, and, and, and uh you know, this is an evolving process. So these are, I just kind of scrolled through some of these. I mean, it's hard to read on the small screen, but um, go to the, go to the website and you can see the details. And and this is one thing that I want to remind people is that these things sell out. So when you're going to register, like go sign up for your workshops because they sell out fast. Um, these are really popular workshops and they have small numbers. Um, so it's important to register early and, and get all the ones that you want early on. Roger, yeah, I may so. comment on that. Sorry to interrupt, Amy, but you know that's intentional. We don't want to have a an overbearing crowd where nobody gets an opportunity to to have the hands on or to raise their hand. Um, and again, we are we are reflecting on previous years' attendance uh, records, previous years' um, um, input regarding uh, uh, how they were satisfied or not, and, and tweaking things as we go. Uh, so these are very limited offerings, and I think they're going to be great opportunities to learn. Yeah, so I was just going to add that some of our workshops and PBLDs are already selling out. And um, I think what's happening is that, um, you know, this is Disney and um, it is going to be a little bit of a um, fun trip for a lot of people. So I think a lot of folks are, you know, they're calling their friends from fellowship or from training or, um, you know, from anywhere else. Um, they're all meeting up in uh, Florida and um, they're taking the workshops and PBLDs together. So. Oh, that's, um, that's one way to do it too, is yeah. to like, you know, join together with a group and um, sign up for the workshops. But if you want to do that. So it's like reliving okay. fellowship for some people, you know, they get to train with yeah. their buddies again. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't mention, you know, it is making connections was the theme. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the um, social activities that are available. Um, so th there's a variety of, and, and, you know, traditionally we think about them as just, you know, have some drinks, a little party, talk to some people, but there are actually some very focused um, uh, events that uh, I think people should pay attention to. There is an opportunity to connect up with mentors. And I think that's really important. Amy, you want to talk about that briefly? Yes. And this is part of the whole tracks thing again, that um, people, and like, you know, someone can be a mentor for you, but you can be a mentor for that same person in another um, facet of what you do. So um, open your mind as to who's a mentor and to the fact that you may be a mentor for a lot of people as well. Um, but yes, this is a huge thing um, with Azra, And I think it's a big reason why I stayed in it and why I joined it in the first place. Um, Azra is also where all of the pain program directors meet for all the programs across the country. So this is where, this is the place to be for residents and fellows, um, and even medical students who are interested in pain, this is a place to meet the people that you need to meet. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't know, I think that can really uh, help open up um, opportunities. 
So we've got a welcome um, reception and uh, exhibit hall opening. Um, one thing I really want to um, point out is the diversity and inclusion networking dinner. Um, it is hosted by women in regional anesthesia and pain medicine, which I'm the um, vice uh, chair of, but it is open to literally everybody. It's going to be um, kind of an intimate setting. We'll have five different tables where um, you can talk about different topics that you want to and um, learn from some awesome experts. And as Raj said, some of us are early morning people. I am not. But if you want to do the fun <laughs> run and walk, it's at 6.15. I might. I, I actually might. If you feel motivated. If, yes. it, you know, if the time zone shift is not bothersome to you. <laughs> Burn off what you ate at the reception. Right. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, uh, meet and greets for residents um, with the program directors for the um, PAs and NPs, um, nurses, um, new member meet and greet too. We love new members. Um, and I honestly, we have so many faculty that are not anesthesiologists in our program that I think you are going to be able to meet all sorts of different people that you would not have met otherwise. Um, there's emergency medicine faculty, there's spine surgeons, um, psychiatrists, psychologists, there's a lawyer. <laughs> um, also, PM&R. obviously, folks from industry. PMNR is already us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, going back to your mentorship, you know, mentorship often uh, people do struggle to find mentors when they don't see somebody who's in the same discipline as them, or or they feel like it's harder to connect with those people. And having um, opportunities to meet mentors that either practice like you do, private practice or academics, or um, comes from the same training style or training discipline as you, or um, even who maybe look like you have gone through the same challenges that you've gone through your career. All of those are opportunities to connect with people and make mentor relationships. Alexios, uh, you know, with um, uh, these social events, I mean, we were talking earlier, Amy and I were talking about missing these in-person meetings, you know, your thoughts on you know, all these meets and greets, uh, that opportunities. I just wish there was more time to attend, uh, all of them. Um, and I think just to pick up on the mentor mentorship ship relationship, I, I think, um, the learning happens on both sides. Um, and, uh, I, I look at this opportunity to, I have a mentor, a mentee rather. Um, and, uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity not only to learn in different environments, but for fellowship and, uh, in terms of, of having a bite to eat or being able to uh, interact with other people and network together. Um, I think that in itself is a, is a very powerful relationship that can be um, strengthened uh, with these opportunities. Um, and, I, you know, I think it's also really important that we get to know each other a little bit more. And, and, and sometimes it's harder to do that in a formal didactic setting. And we're all running around and we're very busy. And um, I think these, this is a great time to, um, to talk, listen, um, get to know your your colleagues um, in a you know in a in a, a collaborative uh, happy environment like uh, like the, the meeting and of course um, at Disney. And then of course on Saturday we have the Excellence in Azure Pain Medicine Awards luncheon. Um, these are you do need to buy tickets. They're ten dollars if you're a member, and that includes lunch. So um, it's not uh, very expensive to attend. It's a great way to kind of uh, be part of the community of um, of the uh, society, but then also listen to a fantastic talk. The speakers are always amazing. Um, the the award recipient this uh, year is Dr. Jose De Andres, and I think that I'm sure that um, those that that presentation will be excellent. 
Um, and then Saturday night, we have the annual celebration at the end. That's where Amy gets to finally relax and Alexia's stress level goes up because <laughs> then he has to uh, assume the torch. Uh, I think there's a torch passing, isn't there? We should have a torch passing or something. Um, but uh, th And that's always a great, fun way to kind of uh, be part of this community at the end of this wonderful meeting. Yeah, so I've, I've been going to Azra for um, probably eight years now, and I started going as a resident or fellow, and I had no idea how fun the annual meeting celebrations were, and like that so many people went to it and just had so much fun um, that eventually, you know, I, I had to go every year, and um, <laughs> they have not disappointed. Um, Heidi Border does a great job picking venues and entertainment and uh, the the attendees definitely bring the fun. So, yeah, I have to say the fall meeting. You guys are always theme oriented uh, more than we are at the spring meeting, and this one's a Hawaiian theme. So, um, you know, the more the the more into it you are, I'm sure the more fun you'll have. I, I expect full costume, Amy. Don't think I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a tiki dress. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I mean, we could go on and on about this meeting. You guys have a fantastic program. Um, there's no doubt that it's going to be a, a phenomenal meeting. There's more abstracts accepted for this meeting uh, and submitted for this meeting than ever before for a fall meeting. I think it's over 400, I think, abstracts for this meeting. Um, and uh, that just tells you what the interest level is and how much excitement there is about uh, participating in the in-person meeting uh, for a society that's so cohesive and and inclusive, um, and and growing, um, I, I think that you'll see that when you attend. Mm -hmm. Any uh, Alexios, any parting word before we finish up today, and uh, other than encouraging people to register? Well, I, just to back up a little bit, I was really um, pleased by having had the opportunity to review these abstracts. Um, you know that the level of of um, intellectual curiosity and uh, clinical experience and um, um, innovative spirit in these abstracts was, was very impressive. And I think we really have the best of the best. And it'll be reflected in some of the, um, the best abstract awards, which uh, will be um, mm -hmm. forthcoming. Um, and I, again, I really, I thank Amy for all the hard work that she's done for the society and for this meeting. And, and she's really paved the way for myself and for Christy. Um, and it's all about, uh, improving ASRA and, and making it uh, even a better society for all of us, not just um, uh, the ones that are currently involved. We do want other people to get involved. We encourage uh, trainees, residents, and fellows, um, and people at all levels of experience to, to come in and share their thoughts and to uh, participate. Amy, last yep. thoughts? Yeah, our previous record for abstracts was um, low 400s, and we hit 485 for submissions. Oh, so. wow. We're going to have, yeah, we, we blew it away. So wow. um, that means we're going to have some um, really fascinating people attending the meeting too um, and bringing, you know, their groups along with them. So I'm excited for um, just the volume of people that we'll see. And um, it's, I think it's going to be amazing. And I look forward to seeing everybody there. I'll be there. And I actually have two abstracts that got accepted, but in the humanities category. So it's my photography that was actually um, accepted. So I'm curious to see what other people have submitted in that category and hopefully, um, uh, you know, broaden that conversation about what it means to both be a physician in this specialty, but also um, 
thinking about humanities from a patient care point of view as well, which is really important in pain management. Absolutely. So last reminder, the meeting is coming up November 17th through the 19th in Orlando. Register for your hotel, register for those workshops, because those things go fast. We already told you how many people are coming. So um, make sure you get in early. Otherwise, uh, you know, you might miss out on that that really thing that that you want to do. Um, not to mention that there's going to be tremendous other stuff that you don't even have to register for separately. So there's going to be a lot there at that meeting. Yes, the hotel blocks are discounted as well, and they go very fast. So sign on up. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. It's just a few months away, and um, I'm, I, you know, I can't wait. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Bye, guys. Bye.